0: From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, joined by
1: the one and only Uncle Funky, Larry Jones, my brother. Whatever you're doing, you look marvelous.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's called Avion Water. Oh, you
1: changed your water?
0: (laughs) I'm drinking good water. Good for you. There's a show on uh, Netflix called Down to Earth, Mm -hmm. hosted by uh, the actor Zac Efron. Not a big fan, but my brother told me to watch the second episode, which is called France. And they go to France to um, look at their water filtration system. Okay. Uh, But before they do that, they're in LA at this place and they're talking to a water smollier. I did not know that there was a such thing as a water sommelier. I mean, I knew about a sommelier, like a wine sommelier, exactly. but not a water sommelier. And so he was going through the different waters, what's trash, what's better for your body with the minerals and all of that. And so um, after watching that, and I look at the TDS in water, which stands for Total Dissolved Solvents,
1: and uh, the Rick with and with rick and danny you, you see know, what you started it's good you see what yeah, you started well, it's good it's good <laughs> you like started
0: so i just wanted to explain <laughs> because good. the water the, the water that we put in our body is very important but yeah, is, uh let's get into this <laughs> conversation here <laughs> two gentlemen high quality h2o <laughs> yeah, yeah high quality h2o and i'm telling you i'm telling okay. you you're gonna feel better you're gonna look better but uh, these two gentlemen that we have on the podcast mm-hmm. this morning, uh, he is the founder and executive director for Partners Against Child Trafficking. Mr. Rick Naylor is on the Public Affairs podcast, and he has also brought his interim chairman, Mr. Danny Winkleman. Welcome, fellas. Hey, thank,
2: welcome. Thank you very much.
3: Um,
2: this is Danny speaking here. Um, I'd like to just start off by uh, saying thank you for your stations that uh, this all got started by you and uh, your station playing our public service announcements. And it not only helps the area of Houston, but also across the USA and it's being broadcast over 1000 stations and we appreciate your station doing that. And thank you, uh, and we appreciate uh, being on your show
0: this afternoon. Oh, well, the pleasure's all ours. Thank you. mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have to get the word out
3: uh, because
0: this is an issue that um, has been around for a long time, really started bubbling up and coming um, in the forefront. In terms of where I stand, probably around 2015-16-ish. And then when I learned that Houston – Mm-hmm. Was number one for uh, sex trafficking uh, period that just you know stunned me, and then I started thinking about it like, oh, we are on the border, we've got you know it's the largest port, you know I ten is right there. There's a lot you know traveling through, mm-hmm. and so um, this is something that we we definitely need to pay attention to, especially when it comes to our children, and that is the part that is just so mind blowing to me that. You know kids are getting caught up in sex trafficking. So tell us about the organization. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, um first of all, I would like to start out by by mentioning uh, what the actual definition of child trafficking is. so your listeners out there can understand you know what the what the purpose is and what the actual definition. So the definition of uh, child sex trafficking refers to the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision obtaining, patronizing, or soliciting a minor for the Purpose of Commercial Sex Act. So that's what we're talking about, and that's what the big problem is um, in our world today. There are, are, are two sides of, of the equation of the sex trafficking. There's um, there's the uh, victim side and the preventative side. So. Um, to provide um, the victim side services like uh, child service or child protection services and um, other types of support groups, they are in the victim side, so they support after the fact, and um, you know, with your housing, um, you know, getting uh, victims back into society, psychological um, counseling, and things like that where PACT is different, um, we actually try, or on the front line and we try to prevent the victim. So um, we do this through, um, you know, through education and awareness. So as a, as our adage is for PACT is uh, not one more victim. Hmm. So to understand, you know, what some of the the facts about child trafficking, Uh, First of all, child trafficking is the fastest-growing crime in the world. And in Texas, just Texas alone, over 79,000 child trafficking cases are still unresolved and it's getting larger every year. So the city of Houston, as you mentioned before, um, is the number one sex trafficking city in the United States. So um, we can get into why that is. Um, you mentioned some of the reasons because the port, the uh, I-10 corridor, and all, you know some other things. So um, just want to also get into the child protective services in Texas. Uh, they receive six point six billion dollars a year to provide victim services for sex trafficking, and the International Labor Organization. Estimates that over 21 million people are trafficked worldwide and exploited in some form, and of this, 5.5 million are children. So, um, it's estimated that uh, approximately 1 million children worldwide are victims of specifically sex
3: trafficking.
1: Gentlemen, can, so, let, uh, let me let me let me let me jump in right here and just. My, the head, my head's pounding because I'm a father of four, a grandfather of three, and I want to know the scenario by which any of this is even possible. How you pick up a child and lure them away from their family to, for a, a sex. this is I know of it, but it's just insane to me that someone or something could pull me from my child or my child, for me. Can you paint the scenario for us? Sure,
4: I'll I'll, I'll be more than happy to uh, handle that one. Um, yeah, um, I'm a father of three, grandfather of three, so mm-hmm. I very loud and clear, Denny, same, same thing, more grandchildren. Um, when we first looked at the, at the issues. Um, And as Denny said, you you can either be on victim services side or you can be on the preventative side. We wanted to be on the preventative side in order to talk to children based on the issue you just said. How do you stop that? How can that possibly be? How can they be removed from underneath our nose? Well, the fact is you and I, all of us, aren't watching our children 24-7, even when they're at school. And not only at school, but it is the Internet. I mean, it's 80% of the people are are doing transactions and doing things over the phone. Just this last few months, the number of um, kids that have been been trafficked, or I'll put it this way, the number of kids that have been um, looking at pornography, that's the number one cause because that's the action that they do it. And they do that in video games. You may be playing, the kids may be playing a video game, but there's a chat room on the side. Hmm. And that's how the majority of this stuff starts is on the Internet. Wow. And those, we call them predators. Those predators are, um, they're, it's all about the business. They know that they can get to anybody, anytime, any place, And the Internet is their tool. And they'll start very simply by saying, hey, my name is Bobby. I I just moved into your area in Houston here, and I'm going down to McCallum High School. And um, uh, I just moved in here from Oklahoma. I really don't know anybody. Where are some places I can meet you? That could be in a chat line, and it starts off there. And so the relationship begins very soft. You know, they're just talking on the internet. The next thing they're saying was, "Well, can we meet?" Because the objective of the predator is to meet them. The next objective, if they can't meet them right away, then the next objective is to get them in a compromising um, or to give up a fact about them that, that can be kept a secret. Where are you going? What do you like to wear? And it gets worse from there. And you wouldn't believe how many kids fall for it. Oh, I understand. I, we,
1: no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Right
4: no, no. So the, that, the, the people that are the most vulnerable right now are when you're in that – their average age is 13. So I'm going to go from 11 to 15 is the most vulnerable age because they're looking for being recognized. You remember when you were going to middle school? And maybe – how big was your middle school? How many students? Remember? I don't
1: – I mean, it was fairly large, but
4: – It may, may have been three, four, five hundred 500 or something. Yeah. And then you went into high school – maybe in 2000. Mm-hmm. So that's right when puberty and everything else is getting loose. And these kids have the affection of mom and dad in most instances, or in some instances, I should say, but that isn't the gratification they need. They need somebody else boy or girl, anybody to give them a recognition, and identify validation. with them saying, don't you look nice? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you look pretty? And that, is the game changer right there. They're that that vulnerable age. And what's worse about that vulnerable age is that if we look at the kids that we've done all the studies and research on, aside from pornography and increasing over the... As a matter of fact, pornography for children has increased 23% since the coronavirus started. Mm -hmm. 23%. By the way, last year, there was 42 billion visitors to the different porn sites and those that information is right off the internet by the largest provider of it the issue is, is when you look at the vulnerability in terms of age 13 is the average but if you look up the makeup of the, of the child 45 percent of child victims are black or brown and a majority of those instances are within the family Jeez, mm. that's the hard one no. for us on. Mm both sides 45 percent of victims the child victims are black or brown and then inside the family we've done an awful lot of interviews uh to understand to understand it. we've interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of survivors that happened inside the family that one threw, threw me for a loop the first time we we heard about it didn't understand it but if people go to our website, we actually have those stories being told by adults now, you know, 30 years old, that are talking about the story, how it happened to them, that their mom turned them out, that their uncle turned them out. And that's that's the crazy part. The other crazy part that Denny was referring to is the percentage of, or the number of people in, in Child Protective Services. And our Texas tax dollars that support that broken system to the tune of $6.6 billion of which 80% of the kids that are in child protective services in our state and as an average in any child protective services from child protective services and foster care, they run away Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that are caught up in trafficking the most.
3: Mm.
1: Rick, while we right. have a moment, the- would you give us that uh, web address? Because this is vital information. Oh, sure, sure.
4: It's www obviously intact p a c t dot city, not dot com, not dot org dot city. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Right, city. Um, I want to go a little deeper. Um, some things that I had uh, discovered. Um, through a documentary of a local uh, filmmaker here in Houston. How much do you all know, uh, and and the documentary was on corporatism, and it goes into um, child sex trafficking, and how much do you all know about the foster system playing a role in child trafficking?
4: I would say that we're, pretty darn familiar with it. We, Mm
3: -hmm. there's
4: lots of documentation on it. Um, The the Job Protective Services here in Texas, just like all of them have to publish an annual report, which reports the number of children, the number of children that are abused within the systems, the number of deaths that are within the system. And then there's another one that I, um, I want to say the word enjoyed, but it was incredibly interesting. Um, the Baltimore Child Protective Services, um, the former um, director there, did a TED Talk a couple of years ago. So you can look that one up. TED Talk, uh, Baltimore CPS Director. She mm-hmm. talks about the the issues that were happening in Baltimore, and she is an expert at understanding them. And I learned we learned an awful lot from her. Uh, Because she said the system is broken and she tried to correct the system, Mm -hmm. but it's self, it's Mm self-perpetuating. If you look at the, the goal of child protective services is to return the child to the family. Now, we just said that the largest issue is children that Mm -hmm. are abused in the family Mm -hmm. that leads to child trafficking. Mm -hmm. So, you, you've got this, this system that's working against us and it's broken and you have mm-hmm. probably some wonderful people that are counselors there or trying to help mm-hmm. with caseloads that they can't manage.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And there, you could get paid an awful lot of money to get to be a, or excuse me, you're not paid an awful lot of money to be a caseworker. I'm going to say the average may be 40,000. Mm-hmm. What they have to listen to is incredible. And the burnout rate 25%. Mm. It's 25%. I'm surprised
3: it's not higher. Me over. too. I
0: was just thinking, I'm surprised yeah. it's not higher either.
4: Yeah. I mean, how can you run any organization if you have a turnover turnover rate that size? It's just, it's incredible. And you have to think about it, not just from the employee standpoint, but the child. Mm-hmm. The child is trying to build a relationship with somebody that would like her or him who they are and understand them because they got kicked out of the house because they weren't understood. Wow! And so you're trying to develop a relationship and that relationship is going to change 25%. You're going to have three or four different, different caseworkers working with them in a year. That's so it doesn't, it does it just doesn't work. So, and that's the victim services side. So that's why there's a lot of pain in it, and I hear your pain. And I, and so what we did is we decided we, we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the vulnerable kids, all right? And suppose that they knew how to spot it and stop it, and they were the deterrent to child sex trafficking, because it's not going to be us. It's not yeah. going to be me and you, all right? We're not, you know, I'm 70 years old. Um, I <laughs> And my peer-to-peer relationships with children, well, right now is off the chart incredible. But we've got kids, uh, guys that are 13 to 18 from middle school, high school, and colleges that are putting together these packed ambassador programs. Now, um, I would love to take a lot of credit for what we do, but it was because we came against a brick wall trying to talk to parents about it they don't want to talk about it they really mm-hmm. you, you didn't want to know about it even five years ago it was too hard for your ears to hear about it mm-hmm. i've got we've gone to rotary meetings and the first thing else we'll start off with is how many people in the room you're talking to 100 people men and women um, uh, have had a discussion with their children about child sex trafficking <laughs> Guess mm-hmm. how many hands go up mm-hmm. none mm-hmm. <laughs> so the last four years We got smarter, but it was uh, kind of by accident. We had a a young lady, 13 years old, a young Jewish girl in in Texas here. She was going to a a middle school, and she decided to write um, her paper by the end of the school year on child trafficking. And so she called our offices and got all the information off our website. And then... Her, her goal was to go present it to high schools. So you have a 13-year-old eighth grader presenting to high schools. That, that was kind of hard for me to take right there. But the next thing set our course forever. She went back after learning all the information and talked to her girlfriends and peer-to-peer communications. She told them what was going on in Texas, just like you and Denny were talking about, 79,000 of her own kids. Texas is number one and it's not because of, of immigrants coming across the border. there are children. This, there, there's eight to ten percent coming across the border, but most of them are traffickers there's predators that are coming across the border in cartels. but getting back to Sophie this 13 year old, she tells her her other girlfriends and her girlfriends looked at her and said the following Sophie. If that was the truth, our parents would have told us. <laughs> there was the kicker for us. Mm. They That's were waiting right. for their parents to communicate to them, yeah. to tell them what the issue was. Mm. And we know what the issue is, that the parents can't communicate about it. So that set us on a, on a new course. And Sophie and others all over Texas and high schools in Houston and middle schools in Houston and Austin and all the way up, uh, including being taught at universities right now like, uh, all the way up to Montana, um, are doing peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer communications with kids, not us, with the kids. So if, if the, the listeners would please go to the PACT website, P-A-C-T dot and go to the student ambassadors and do go to their projects. We have right now a courseware taught by students. There isn't anybody over 18 on the deal. And during the last, during this wonderful coronavirus, these kids got together, 20 of them, 12 different high schools in Texas and created choreographed, wrote and did the video of talking to other kids peer to peer and put a, pre- uh, put a training course together. That's available free right now on our website. It's, Incredible! It's it's still in the. Um, they still have some things to clean up, but it's 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 raw and it's real. These kids are talking about about borders, about things that you you stay within. You know your peer group, stay within these borders. They're talking about boundaries. They're talking about dating.
2: They're talking self-esteem, about self-esteem. You know, self-esteem, love and belonging, all that.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And they're trying to differentiate it in terms of what the definition of love is and self-esteem by saying you need to love who you are. God made you this way. This is who you are. This transcended something that was tough on me, tough on us to understand, um, because it wasn't we didn't talk about it when I went to school, Mm -hmm. but it was the LBG tq issues which is the second vulnerable group out there Mm. and these kids that made up this are made up of of mutual kids black brown lbgtq etc all talking together so people can identify at an age group at a um uh, the sex and who they are i mean this it's off it's out of this world! It's incredible what they're doing, and it gives you and us hope that these children would, you know, continue what they're doing. All right, and th- this thing is totally scalable because all people have to do is go to the website and go through the course. They've done it so that it was interactive, <laughs> multimedia. They have to s- sign up for it. They have to say, "Okay, my name is Bob Smith," and and. Um, uh, you know, email, et cetera, just so that they can, so Bob gets tested so that after each session, each four-minute session, they get questioned that they have to answer Mm -hmm. on three or four different questions that happened in the last four minutes. And if they pass it, they get certified as a trained in against child sex trafficking. Now, who would want to do that? Well, if I was a mom mom or a dad, I'd want to know that somebody knew that, knew how to spot it and stop it. If I ever wanted to have bring some high school person into my house to babysit my children again.
1: Absolutely. Gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it Mm -hmm. right there. This is a very fascinating topic, and we'll make sure we get you guys back on again. KG?
0: Yes, indeed. So thank you. Love to.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for
0: having us. Indeed. Rick yeah. Naylor, founder and executive director of PACT, along with uh, Denny Winkleman, the interim chairman. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you,
3: Thank gentlemen,
1: you. so much. God, God, bless bless you. God
0: bless you for your work, man. Yeah.
1: God bless you for right. your work. Thank
0: yes. you. We'll be right Bye-bye. back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm KG Smooth, joined
1: by Uncle Thon, Larry Jones, and the elephant in the room, KG, is what to do in this school season. Yep, back to school. It is,
0: uh, it's in effect. Uh, It's happening now. Are you taking your kids back? Who knows what? We're going to talk about it all, who we have on the phone line Mm -hmm. right now. Cynthia A. Trigg, she is the chief executive officer and founder of evolution academy which is a public charter high school which serves as a dropout recovery center for at risk youth grades 9th through 12th and uh, she is on the public affairs podcast good morning and welcome
5: hello how are you
0: We're doing wonderful wonderful so um former secondary uh, school teacher got your own thing going right now um before we get into all things evolution academy we we have to know as an educator your thoughts and feelings on this coming school year and covid-19
5: well we are definitely in unprecedented times um i have um a soaring um number of emotions um we're, we we are um there, there is fear, um, but then there is the the notion that um, we we still much must forge forward. So, as an educator and as an administrator, I understand that we're also essential. And essential meaning that without us. We have a large number of students that would just not have that opportunity. And what we know about dropout recovery students is that once momentum Mm. sets in, Mm. you don't want to stifle that momentum. So I believe that the mission in itself propels us to kind of suppress the fear and so we move forward, and that's what we are doing now. We have started our professional development. We've had to pivot, make uh, some swift moves, but our staff um, has resumed, and uh, we are ready to receive our students on next Tuesday, which is the 18th.
0: Wow! <laughs> How you feeling about that?
5: We've not seen our students since March, and uh-huh. so we're um, we will um, return in a virtual online capacity. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm feeling really confident about that particular method because, in a short, really short notice, in March when the pandemic was declared, we were able to make those quick adjustments, and our staff was just absolutely amazing. And so we have um, employed those same strategies that we used in March, just sort of looked at some lessons learned, and we're ready to receive our kids. Um, our, Our parents, our students will have an opportunity to make a selection, whether or not they are wanting to return after an, a possible eight-week stay, depending on the um, the health conditions of each one of our um, campus markets. But based on the data that we're receiving from our students and our parents, um, it looks as if we are um, gearing up to provide online instruction for about 90, 90- 3% of our total population each campus about 98%. Hmm. So parents had a choice and students had a choice. They've chose online learning and we're going to forge forward and provide them with those services.
1: Ma'am, tell us the the the, the thought process of Evolution Academy. What what made you want to do this, ma'am?
5: Well, I a former teacher First, um, then administrator, and early on in my career, I discovered as a high school assistant principal that a large number of students would start ninth grade. You may have a cohort class of about 1,000, and it wasn't uncommon to take a snapshot, and then four years later, you look and you have a graduating class of maybe 300. Well, that's a huge disparity, in my opinion, and it's something that I thought that I would just kind of pursue once I retired. But the charter school movement um, actually um, burst itself within the Texas um, uh, market, and it allowed us to actually petition the state of Texas for an open enrollment charter to specifically serve students who had dropped out of school, those that are at risk of dropping out. And we um, were approved back in 2001. We opened our doors in 2002, and sort of the, the rest is history. But it's for those students who have dropped out, at risk of dropping out, those that just may want a non traditional method of instruction, um, our kids come with an array of um, concerns. Sometimes it's been that they've had poor educational start. Sometimes it's self-inflicted, and they just decided that they were not going to follow rules, regulations, and sort of bailed out of the system. But our program is in place to give first, second, third, Fourth and fifth, six opportunities, because ultimately um, it's not where you um, it's not where you start, but how you finish. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mr. Drake, what do you look for uh, in 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 your instructor when you're hiring?
5: Well, first of all, we are looking um, for individuals that are strong in their content area. Um, Know their content and comfortable um, being able to share their content, um, where where students would get excited about uh, about it as well. But most importantly, we're looking for individuals um, with a combination of, um, I guess, personalities that are strict, fair, firm, and compassionate.
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I understand. So we have a a large listening audience with our public affairs podcast. Uh, Do you have a website or a social media address that we can direct to those who might want to join your staff or look into it for their own child?
5: Absolutely. Uh, Our website is www.evolutionacademy.org. We're located in both the Dallas area, Beaumont, and Houston and recently we have been granted the opportunity to service students throughout the state of Texas. And so if they even think that they're wanting to obtain their high school diploma, they're welcome to reach out to us and we're more than happy to serve.
0: Indeed. I was just um you were you you took kind of my thought um out of my head there when you mentioned uh, the campuses in Dallas and also in Beaumont. I know that you are from Beaumont, uh, but to have Evolution Academy in three separate Texas cities. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. That, <laughs> that is amazing. Cool. Um, how, how do you manage that? I mean, I know this isn't your first rodeo. You guys have been around since 2002, but in three different cities, that's a lot, Mrs. Trigg. In, in-
5: all the more reason to take advantage of your um, your remote platforms. Um, I have an amazing um, a team of um, administrators of teachers that believe in the mission, and so um, they make the work um, joyful, and they make um, they make me look great <laughs> in in being able to pivot. But we um, we actually we take advantage of the opportunity um we meet on a on a regular basis. So Zoom calls, um, although um it was new to many, um, and into into our staff we had slight adjustments that we we were needing to make. But we were we're accustomed to um because we're small, we're able to really work um in in, in unison. And so we operate on a motto that, you know, we made it we're one Organizations, one organization, multiple campuses. So we're one. And that's how we're able to approach um, being able to be in three different locations because the issues are still the same. And so we can often deploy the same um, solutions in each community.
0: Nice. Now, I also see that you all partnered uh, with Sprint, the One Million Foundation. Uh, Which is amazing because with everything that is going on and a lot of students, their parents probably furloughed or got laid off and they don't have access to the Internet. And you all have teamed up with Sprint's One Million Foundation to provide devices and hotspots.
5: Yes. Yes, we have. Mm hmm. And that these has to be... are assigned to each student until they graduate from high school. It is absolutely amazing. We actually a began negotiations. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, we began negotiations with the Sprint 1 Million project. Um, it was back in last year, I think around um, September. So around the same time, and not knowing that the pandemic would even. Impact us, we were um, really impressed with the the opportunity. And so um, it, it, it was just, you know, things lining up for such a time as this. So that's not an obstacle for us. Our students um, have the necessary technology um, that they're needing. Um, the state of Texas has been amazing um, with the project connectivity. Um, opportunity that they they have offered, and so our students will be able to start the school year with Chromebooks, with hotspots, and so that's not a barrier.
1: That's a blessing. That is a, a tremendous. It really
5: blessing.
1: is, uh, Miss Cynthia. I, I did want to ask one quick question before we let you go. And KG and I are both products of uh, devout educators in our family. Teachers have been our number one number one and number one for life. So we truly appreciate you, but do you have a very special story that you can share with our listeners today of a reluctant student that came in and evolution Academy completely turned their life around?
5: Oh my goodness. We, we. I I, I think so many, um, There are so many that um, – but but I think most recently um, we had a young man um, to um, – he tried contacting the school, couldn't get to school. So he was um, just set on making sure that we um, knew how important and how special um, we were to him. He actually made a video from our Houston campus um, and, and just shared how there's no way he would have completed, that he was just so grateful for the staff and for the counselors and the principal for not giving up and just um, very appreciative. And because of um, just all that they had poured into him that he was going to make certain that this was not the end, that this was only the beginning. But he had dropped out and been, I think he had been out of school for about two years and found out about the school. And just um, actually came in, began taking the courses, and he was successful. But not only that, I mean, we've had just an array of um, students. We had a set of triplets, um perhaps maybe maybe about three years ago, and they were um just ashamed because they had dropped out, but mm. they found the school mm. um, in the Richardson, the Dallas market, and was so um just committed to, to, to finishing and so they graduated um one, two and three. Oh, wow. Um we've had um a young man who um started out with us and was literally told um by an educator, unfortunately, that um he probably would not make it well that young man now we can call him doctor.
3: Mm-hmm. Because um mm-hmm.
5: his um degree, um uh, his doctorate degree in pharmacy was conferred. Um, last year. So, you know, as I say, an array of um, success stories, and we just, um, we take pride in that because um, it just speaks to the, um, to the work yes, of yeah. education. And that's really important.
3: Well,
0: clearly it is not in vain. I mean, you, you're in mm-hmm. three different cities. You've been around for 18 years and continue to excel in, and in, in be greater than what you are. So, uh, Evolution Academy—they have open enrollment year-round. So, log on to the website where uh, you can enroll, where students can enroll. EvolutionAcademy.org. That's EvolutionAcademy.org. Mrs. Trigg, are you all on uh, social media? Because you know that's where the kids live.
5: The kids live on social media. We are. We are. Um, um, we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. So.
0: And that's just at Evolution Academy?
5: Evolution Academy, yes.
0: Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't just um, because of the incredible uh, energy that I feel from you and you are an educator and just being a black woman, it's definitely you all's time. Um, Your thoughts and feelings on Kamala Harris being picked as the VP running mate for Joe Biden?
5: Well for Such a time as this, but she's also a sorority sister, so you I know. Oh,
1: okay, I, <laughs> knew <it. laughs>
5: I knew it. I knew
1: it. My mama's sorority. Come on now.
5: Oh, awesome! Awesome. Yeah, so, um. Hmm. As I think a meme that's floating around, we are ambitious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, <you> are. <laughs> yeah. They can't that's handle amazing. that pink and green machine. That's it's going to be absolutely, awesome.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Mrs. Cynthia A. Trigg, the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Evolution Academy. Log on to the site evolutionacademy.org uh, for open enrollment. Thank you so much for coming on, Mrs. Trigg.
5: Thank all so much for having me yes this is a pleasure
1: god bless you for all your work
5: thank you bless you as well
1: and for everyone listening to the podcast we appreciate you we'll be back next week